This is a Need 10 Media production. Hello, it's Nate Claybird, and welcome aboard this episode, a special episode of the That's a Job podcast. Usually on this show, we talk to professionals about jobs that many of us may not know even exist, but we also talk to people that have had jobs and pathways that we're familiar with, some pathways unorthodox, some have been uh, traditional, but we get to learn how they got to that point and the connections they made, uh, the things they learned along the way that uh, they probably wished when they got started. But in this special episode, I'm going to share with you the presentation, the talk that I gave at our first annual Iowa CAPS Summit. If you're not familiar with CAPS or have, have heard me talk about this, I'm sure you have if you're a, if you're a listener of this show. That stands for the Center for Advanced Professional Studies. It's a network of about 90-plus schools uh, or programs across the country, even around the world, uh, that it's a profession-based learning high school program that takes students outside the classroom, puts them in special uh, environments, professional environments, where they work on projects and, and work with real professionals. When you look at this Iowa CAP Summit, which brought together about 35 educators, administrators, some business partners from the northwest part of Iowa and also the Cedar Valley uh, northeast part of the state of Iowa to talk about how we're doing this in Iowa and share ideas, uh, share best practices, and share goals for the future of these high school students moving forward. In looking at guiding principles that we, we discussed, and you know, we also looked at how do we also partner better with business partners and and do things uh, better and collaborate uh, a lot better than uh, maybe we have in the past and continue to get better. Uh, but I had the opportunity to speak for about 30 minutes on my pathway to purpose uh, topic uh, of coming in and how do we help these young people uh, when it comes to career exploration really looking at how do they uh, discover what's the work they're wired to do, whether that's the career or a job, but really knowing why that is. So that is something we'll dive deep on in this 30 minutes you'll hear about. But once you know why, it's then it gets into the how. You know, where are you going to get the training and how are you going to get educated? But also, who can you get connected to to expand your network and learn even more about that profession? And then how do you put a timeline in place? Later on in this, uh, in the in the talk, you'll hear from uh, Shelby uh, Douglas, who is the principal of Don Bosco High School in Gilbertville, Iowa, uh, a parochial private high school, a smaller high school, but a visionary that had a question and and a, not really a question, but really a comment and a statement saying, "Yes, work identifying work can be important, is important, but how do we help these young people? Help them discover what kind of life." they want to have, not necessarily just what kind of job they want to have. We'll dive deeper into that later on here in this session. But join me now as you hear uh, my presentation, my talk from the Iowa CAP Summit, which was held on November 7th, 2022 in Cedar Falls, Iowa. You know, as they're leaving our high schools as students, as student associates, you know, if, if they've left and don't know what their next pathway is and why, then I feel like there's a lot of things that went wrong through those 12 or 13 years of where they're at. You know, do we expect them to know exactly where they're going? And it's in Sharpie marker, it's written in stone, this is what we're going to do? No. But if they're not thinking about it, 
and we haven't helped them down that pathway, then uh, shame on us. So that's the comfort that, that CAPS can give our associates and your associates, is that time to explore, that time to discover more about themselves as they move forward. So as we get into this, more of a conversation on how you can be that navigator on, your, on the pathway uh, to purpose. Uh, not again, making them, or you're doing it for them, just going back to the CAPES method, but how can we move forward? That are more questions seniors, even juniors are hearing, different variations of it. What are you doing next year? What are you doing after graduation? That type of thing. And it's a hard question to, to answer because there's so many different pathways, and what do you mean by that? Is it about college? Is it about my major? Is it about what? There's so many different things that you have to get into to try and figure that out, but there's a lot of pressure tied to it. I came across this stat from Best College, and when you look at the pressures right now just to make that decision about the future now, that you gotta know now, and how many are optimistic about their future or not. That's like half are not optimistic about their future. That's gotta be scary. I would hope that changes a little bit through our CAPS programs and our CAPS teams. That's a little higher than that. But when you look at 14 that just are not optimistic at all, you know, that's gotta, that's gotta put some concern, that's gotta pay attention to, to the pressures that they have, not only with school and family and work and, and all of that, and choosing a college or choosing their pathway. So the perfect pathways you're going through, and this is, uh, I think, what we're all kind of hoping, just tell me, I'm this is where I'm at, where do I need to go? In, in the age of Google Maps, you punch it in, I'm leaving Orange City, I've gotta be at Central Rivers, or be at the Holiday Inn last night, you plugged it in, there's different ways you could go. I imagine there's two or three different ways from Orange City, or for, from the Siouxland area to get here. But what happens all of a sudden, that there's a, maybe this is too soon, a deer carcass in the middle of the road, for those of you that were around last night to hear about that, uh, and you need a detour, need to go around. What choices are you gonna make? Are you just gonna sit there and wait for it? Wait for the deer to get drug out of the way by two high school teachers and their camo, Ethan and Dave? Or are you gonna reconsider where you need to go? You know, high school, or I would even say K through 12, it's pretty defined how we need to get these students through once they come into our buildings and then get them across the stage and send them on. It's pretty defined what the state says, what school boards say, what policy says to move them on, but how do we move them past that? But again, it's not easy. And why aren't we spending more time with this? I would say you guys are. CAPS as a whole, we spend more time on it than, than general education. But how can we spend more time with it? Put more focus on it, not just checking the box. Going through our foundation docs, going through the core requirements, but actually having those interactions. And if it's a separate interaction, personal interaction, we need to have those too. I feel like these are the, uh, conversations. You know, what are you doing next year? And you're working through what needs to happen, the check boxes. What college am I going to? I see it early on. I'm a senior. I'm just going to decide to go to University of Iowa, and I'll figure out my major. And I'm excited to get my roommate. We're talking about all these things to get these things checked, you know. On top of that, we're getting, to, we're getting through homecoming. We're getting through senior pictures. We're getting through prom. We get to graduation. But has a conversation happened about, okay, college, but what are you looking to do afterwards? And it's, I don't know. Or I'll figure out when I get there. Or, or it's, it's going to be physical therapy. Or it's going to be management or doctor or whatever it's going to be. But are we having that next, that next conversation? Because if they don't know, we generally do this. Well, what are you interested in? Well, I like sports. 
You guys have all heard that one, right? I want physical therapy. We've all heard that one. I like something with design. Or I don't know, I want to work with my hands or engineering. What are you passionate about? So the ikigai, the two circles on the passion. They're good at it. They love doing it. That does usually end up into sports or it ends up working in some sort of hobby. But how do you include the other two circles in it? What are some of the next questions we can have in that conversation, that career conversation? But are we asking that right question? And are we asking that next question? This is what I've seen, or we've seen. I feel like we don't ask that next question of, you know, what are you interested in? Or what are you passionate about? But what is that next question? What's the next question you can have? I'll give you a clue. Simon Sinek. What's, what's the next question? Why? Why are you interested in that? Why are you passionate about that? Why do you want to do that? I don't think we quite get enough into asking that next question. Chris can tell you. I don't, do you have any other counselors in here or former counselors or recovering counselors? You don't have time. You've got to get students through, get their schedules figured out. There might be other challenges along the way. What are you interested in? Well, I'm interested in medical. Okay, let's get you some AP bio. Let's move on and get you going along the way. But why are you interested in, in medical? Having those next conversations with your associates, and I would say even with any other students you come in contact with, coaching or, or throughout the building or through the day, or even friends and family. We all have those. But it's easy to have that conversation of, well, what do you want to do? And move on. But I feel like we're afraid to have that next conversation because we don't want to upset them. And we just want to pat them on the head and say, good job, you have an answer. We checked the box. But we have found that's not fair to them. Asking them the why might make them uncomfortable. And you guys have all seen this. I know all the Cedar Valley, Cedar Falls at least. When you can dive deeper onto it, all of a sudden they can see where they're at, where they're going, and take some comfort and confidence in moving forward instead of just patting on their head and moving along that they're ready to go on to their next step. But again, it's easy to say what. You can Google on the how, for the most part, but you've got to get in your heart if you want to figure out what that why is. If people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And when I say that, it's not necessarily about people. I want to take it more internal, that that student, that they're going to put more buy-in and commitment when they know why they're doing something, not just what it is, just checking the box. So again, I challenge you to work with your associates on how you can figure that out for them or help them figure that out. But are the students asking the questions they want to ask? But I started asking that next question, or just even the question. Because we've asked the question of, do you have any other questions? Do you want any more information about that? There was silence, right? But when you're more specific into what question do you have in helping you figure out your path after high school, and I think it really hit me when I went to Charles City some things that came out of that. And before I started asking that question, I'm like, okay, we just got to help them figure out what job they want, why that is, how they're going to get the education and training for it, who can we introduce them to, how do we help them get started? These are the things sitting in their heads that they're wondering how to pay for college. What's the best choice for me? Am I a failure if I go or don't go? Will I regret not going? Will I regret going? This is across the board. I mean, it doesn't matter if you are Northwest Iowa or Cedar Valley, there was a lot of commonalities in a lot of those answers from these 17, 18-year-old kids. But how do you narrow down that career? Will I be happy? How do I learn about careers? You know, the ones that stood out, how do I separate my wants from what others want for me? Two key ones that really hit me coming out of Charles City was, where do I even start? Where do they start? How do they even start to answer that question? That was a, that was a flag to me. But the next one was, 
how do I do what I want to do and not what somebody else wants me to do? And we had that deeper conversation of do you really feel that pressure? And what, what this presentation was today, I completely changed it a week ago from what I thought it needed to be. Because I feel like these are some important things when you start hearing about the social-emotional learning, the mental health, the challenges, all that depression or stress. There's some tied into them and the pressure of what they need to do next. And how can you be that rock that's there to help them? How can you be that guide, help them down that pathway or help them up the mountain and over? Because again, we are asking them to do things they've never been asked to do, especially in CAPS. And they're becoming more, more skilled at doing that compared to maybe the other students you work with. But how are you that guide? How are you that Sherpa? How are you that navigator? That's helping them find the information that then they can go act on, but you're there to help support them and move them on. But those are the gaps. When you look at those, that question in there, it's like there's a personal project I would challenge you to have for each of your associates. How can they get that question answered before the end of the semester? You know, one that stood out at Charles City, uh, you've got an associate that her father passed away but served our country. She was asking, how do I get the GI Bill money? It's not probably a, you could probably Google it, but there's probably an Army recruiter in that guidance office a couple times a semester to figure some things like that out. Tammy, I'd be, I would wonder when she would have actually thought to go act on it, unless until we brought it out of her. And those are the things that you can, as instructor, as leaders for these CAPS associates and more, asking that deeper question, asking that next question that's been sitting inside of them you're not going to get out of that when you say, do you have any questions? But what's your next question when you leave here? And how do you help that student as they move forward? You know, we say once a capper, always a capper. We want them to come back to you when they need help with their resume or making a connection or a challenge they ran into. How can you help them be better versions of themselves and fill those gaps and those questions? Again, I would challenge you to go back on those questions. And if you haven't asked it or need to ask it again, see how you can get them to work on it. The challenge with that question is, Sometimes I feel like they're trying to come up with the question that you're looking for. Not necessarily the question that they really want the answer. It's really trying to help them. Because it might be related to college, it might be related to job search or whatever, but when you start getting into the one that hit me of, how do I get to do what I want to do, not what somebody else wants me to do? It's like, oh, well that gets a little bit deeper. So that'd be a challenge for you guys. Icky guy, you know, this has kind of been a mainstay for the last five years, six years in CAPS as we get discovered it, but trying to get to that purpose, the reason for being. You know, you get into that passion piece of what you love and what you're good at, but how do we discover those other circles for them? You know, preparing students for their purpose. That's what CAPS is, at least when we started in Cedar Falls and spread through Cedar Valley, and that's what we have kind of preached in uh, the gospel as we spread through the state. We want that for beyond even CAPS or whatever it is. If they're trying to get to that area, they can figure out what they love doing and what they're good at, but then how does that build further when it comes to choosing a pathway or a profession or the kind of work that they fit into and then get paid for? It's money that, uh, or salary that's going to help support them and others or where they want to be, but does the world need it? And there's processes you work through and does the world need it? But getting that map and moving forward from that question, I'm going to come back to the beginning of the question of what are you doing after high school, where they want to know, I got my ACT, I got my scholarships, I got my FAFSA, I got my roommate, I'm starting freshman year, I've got my four years planned out, I'm gonna graduate, I'm gonna get this job. How often does that really happen? That it's all defined and really happens. 
but you don't discover a pathway along the way that you ran into a detour or something was more shining or something more caught your interest. But how can you help them read that compass? If Google Map goes out and you're in the, uh, you're in the mountains of uh, East Tennessee and you don't have internet, Google doesn't work, or the internet doesn't work, your phone doesn't work, do you know where the hell you are and how you're going to get back? I say that because that's what I ran into. Going through the Smoky Mountains, you don't have internet signal. Okay, where am I? All of a sudden in North Carolina. Okay, then how do I get back? How can they read that compass? How can they use the resources? How can they use the people to guide along the way so they're not just sitting there in that lull and waiting? What are they doing after high school? Again, coming back to that question, that's the pathway of trying to figure some things through. If they're leaving again your rooms and your buildings and your districts, and again, they don't know what their next step is and why, if, if they come through CAPS, I'm going to put it on us that we haven't done a good enough job with it or more purpose to it. And you can talk to probably any of the experienced instructors. There are associates that have left, didn't have it figured out, but until later on, something happened that you must have said, or they learned along the way, or we said, that they then come back and appreciate what they got out of this and the direction they're in, because they're maybe too closed-minded at the time, but something happened to help them along the way. But if, again, if they don't know where they're going, they're not going to get there. And that's where I can ask you guys to look at that. But going over those, that extra question of questions about your next path, they've got to get over that first before they even decide that they've got to get that job and figure out that pathway. If the first thing they, they ask when they say, what are you doing after high school, is the college they're going to, I want you to stop them right there, not ask why, but say, okay, what job are you looking for? What kind of work are you looking for? That's what we're shooting for. And I might get some people to argue with me, how can you expect a 17, 18-year-old kid to know what he wants to do the rest of his life? I say, well, I don't. I don't expect that. But they should have an idea. We've come this far. We asked them when they were, uh, what, two years old, three years old? Kitch, what does your oldest want to do? Have you ever asked him? He's what, five, four? Okay. We have these conversations. My daughter wanted to work at Quickstar from 315 to 345 every day. Or I think it was just Tuesdays. Doesn't seem realistic, but I'm like, well, at least she's thinking about a job. But then as we move forward, we start asking about how's piano, how's football, how's basketball, wrestling, all these activities. But how do we just kind of casually still start talking about jobs, but not getting to the point that, well, my mom keeps bringing up engineering. I guess that's what I'm getting into and moving on because it was like already decided for me. How do we help them discover? How do we help them see things? How do we have conversations when you take a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old by target distribution and you talk about what happens in there if you know? You know, all the stuff that comes in you see at the store all goes to that building and then there's doors that trucks pull up to and each truck goes to 36 stores in the Midwest. There's all sorts of different jobs that are involved in that. They see stuff that happen at school or when they go get their physicals and medical and things like that. But how can you open their eyes, even at a younger age, or even when they come up through school, just having those conversations? Because you all know that have had caps and seniors, you're working with projects, working with companies that they had no idea the stuff that happens in the Cedar Valley or the Siouxland area or where. I was impressed by all the stuff that happens in Sheldon and Sioux Center and in Orange City, the businesses that happen there and the partners. I remember when we saw it and I was pulling up Wikipedia on the companies in that area, and I'm like, this is gonna be great for them. When you look at the partnerships that are in, in the Siouxland area, when you're looking at choosing that career and that pathway that's a part of the pathway to purpose, you know, we had focused in, and if you can read that, 
job and title is how I think we all came up through. You're picking a title, picking, a, picking what you're going to get paid. But especially today, you look at, what are you doing in your free time? How is this going to affect my lifestyle? That was, an, that was a question I had in that, that brief, quick survey. How is what I'm going to do fit, fit into my lifestyle or where I want to live? Am I going to like it? Again, that was another question that came up. Physical, mental health. Again, it all comes back to some of that stuff. To us, to sustain all that stuff on the right, we need to sustain that stuff on the left. How do we work through that and choosing that pathway? How do you be that guide? How do you help them with that? This is where I was going to go again. Many of you have seen this. This is where I was originally going to start talking about this because I want to do some training for the Siouxland folks. Discovering what kind of work you want to do. Again, asking that why. Where and how do you want to be educated? Who do you want to connect with? And when can you get started? This is that pathway to purpose, kind of termed it graduation story the last couple of years, kind of modified it from there. If your associates don't know those answers, or they know one, they know they're going to Northwestern. They know they're going to Northern Iowa. Okay, if that's where you're set to go, there's some other things we've got to help figure out. But that's the time during your CAPS time that they get to do that. They get the freedom to do that. They, you give them the freedom and the trust to go experience some of that stuff or jump on a Zoom call or research things. To help them gain that confidence that they know where they're going and why. Again, be that trusted guide. Be the Sherpa on the left. Don't carry all their shit for them on the right. You know, let them take care of it. Going back to capes again. And again, there's those five stages. I'm going to go through this that I want you to be aware of because maybe some of you can fit into this and this is kind of an accelerated piece. I wanted to include these in here from, the, from where I started. But there's going to be those jobs we dream of. We all had them. I wanted to be an astronaut. Then I learned math and science was important. Well, check that off. I didn't want to do that anymore. But then what I thought, you know, what do you think you're going to be? I thought I was going to be on radio. That's what I thought. Went through, realized, okay, well, or where it was going to be are the hours. And what I ended up doing? Selling fax machines. Maybe we all kind of have those things that we got into because we weren't happy after that college two or three years. And you're like, I need something. I need something that I love doing and to make me happier. I got into college athletics, worked 60, 70, 80 hours a week up the road here. Got fired. Best thing ever happened. Getting burnt out. Thinking there's got to be more than this. And then I discovered evolving from economic, de economic development, workforce development, that's what fell into CAPS. So my goal when I tell these associates, that was 25 years for me, as instructors, as leaders, as influencers of these high school students, how can you get them to help shrink that? I dream of being an NFL athlete, or I dream of being a pro fisherman, or I dream of being a surgeon. Okay, let's work through that. Discover what all that is, what goes into it, the time, the impact, all of that. But how can you help them see that, what those jobs are, move them through and help shrink that? Help get them closer to figure out what work they're wired to do. So I got this podcast I started in February. So the 42 interviews that I had this year, I would say 80% of them, this was the kind of a progression where they got into what they thought they'd be doing, what they ended up doing. They needed to find something excited them, and now what they end up actually doing. Let's say 80% of them. So it's real, and it just kind of materialized as it went through. The work you guys do is very important. And again, the time that you give these associates, very valuable. But again, I know you're in that lull. How do you help them? How do you guide them? You don't do the work for them. You're not gonna, I don't want you to sit in the computer 
Google and Jobs Forum or Pathways, how can they do that work? Because they're going to take more value and investment in that. You know, and, and Shelby, I totally, I 100% agree. You know, when I started going, asking that question at all these groups, there is lifestyle stuff that comes up. So I think I maybe only had one that talked about how much money can I make. Uh, but that's the, it's an easy question to say, well, we're going to college, what kind of job do you want? But asking, again, I, now I've got to modify my slides, but what kind of life do you want, really, when you get down to, especially nowadays for what we just came out of, uh, and where that's going to be, is asking what kind of life do you want? Do you want to be around your, what kind of life do you want to be around your family or location or amenities that are there, family you need to support? Having those conversations, that's a whole other extra question to dive deeper on. Many of you probably heard this generation, they really are listening and looking for areas they can have an impact uh, in their worlds, in their communities, and the people around them, the impact they can have. I feel like we're seeing more of that necessarily than they'll still throw out, I want to make a lot of money. You know, I just kind of ignore that. Having a job that helps you support, that job may not support that problem or where you're at, but it might give you the life to work outside of that to support your community or your church or fighting a cure for cancer or whatever. Travis? The one thing you have to but it really went back to this example that her parents wanted to do. So she was so brainwashed that this was her purpose, but it came from her parents. So you know he just kept drilling and drilling and drilling, and that's what we finally got, which was upsetting for her. Um, but be ready to have those challenging questions and then have them maybe be a little bit upset and which I think is perfect. They will challenge if you're challenged. Yeah, that one was where she wanted to go and where her parents wanted to go were completely different. Well, I don't think she had a I don't think she had a choice or even thought she had a choice. But when I asked, well, who's paying for it? She said she was. But her parents wanted her to go there. I was like, I stopped. And I remember in the back of Travis's class, there was kind of like <gasps> it just kind of was a light bulb moment. Chris. This is where, sorry, this is where it really kicked for me was working with faculty and staff from a college admissions standpoint and their expectations for the students that would come to them and the gap that we had for what our students should be. So a lot of the times we get our students to the, the, the next step in their life and they're like, okay, we don't actually say, well, we're going to hand them off to the next person. But we all know that we're like, we've had them for four years, like we've done our due diligence, like let's pass them along. And I think there's this huge gap that what comes across is three months in time if they do choose college, but in reality is a lifetime of, of learning that, that is, is blank. I think what, what I've seen CAPS do so well is that we've taken Ikigai and even if we just ask one of these questions, we get associates so much closer to the reason that they're taking the next step or the next direction in their life that we, we don't have to do the finger pointing because it happens. High school points the fingers at post-secondary. Post-secondary, whether that's college, industry, points the fingers back and say, well, they needed this. And guess who's getting hurt? It's not the dollars or the pockets lined of colleges or the under the high secondary institutions, it's the students. Because they take this extra time because someone didn't take the, what is a hard question, like Travis said, of the pushback of the why and just ask what you're good at or why do you want to take the choice next or the, the next step in the next direction. And 
I think it's hard for me because I feel like I have a lot of direction and advice I want to offer, but in reality, we don't know <laughs> all the opportunities. It's, it comes down to that student and their background and their purpose and their reason for what choice they want to make next. And can we offer a support system in there? So like, as I look at both sides of things and try to straddle the middle line of what's the appropriate next step for an associate, I go back to Ikigai so often. And I'm like, have I asked my associates at least one of these questions throughout the semester? And then genuinely shut up and listen to them, which is super hard for me, is, which is ironic because I was a counselor, but super hard to just shut up and listen to, to Ikigai and let them process through that. There's so much value in seeing that. So I thought that was one of the most valuable things that Nate has conversations with, with our associates. Thank you. As you get through your sessions, no matter where part of the state you're in and want to reach out, jump on a Zoom or meet one-on-one, talk deeper into this, please do. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this special episode of That's a Job podcast. And thank you for being on this journey. Please subscribe and share this podcast. It's called That's a Job. It's on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast presented by Career Adventure Academy and the College and Career Discovery course. Discover the work you are wired to do. Now go live your career adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.